All right, and we're back for another episode of the Department Podcast with Justin Valentovic, Stephen Clark, Jesse Norman, and Joe Palantonio. And we're here to break down week six of the NFL season. Boy, six weeks in already, and uh, they haven't hit the pause button yet, and they just keep chugging along, but we're here to break down some more games. Guys, what's going on? It's good to be here. Um, Week six was not the best week of football. Um, No, (laughs) Um, it was better than week five, but it was it was not that great of a week of football. Sloppy play, disappointing play. Um, I think some teams are officially it's safe to say that we have some teams who we can write off their season um, if we haven't been able to already. So that's fun. Right, a couple teams saved their season this week, which is yeah. cool. And it's like usually by like week four, you can kind of tell whose season's going down the tubes and who's you know can possibly salvage it. Week six is kind of the point of no return, and you know the Jets, the Giants, the Washington football team. Actually, those are two teams actually still fighting for them out. Yeah, you can't count them out. Realistically, normally you should be able to, but with a division as bad as it is, and we'll get into it, uh, they're still fighting for a division title, so that's fine. Really, it's just the Jets, honestly, who are just completely SOL at this point. I mean, I what uh, the two teams? I mean, we'll get into it uh, a little preview here, but I think two teams that if 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 it wasn't already, um, we can officially write off for a couple playoff teams from last year and Minnesota and Houston. I think they have. That's it. I think they're to the point of no return. So with that, we're going to get into their games and, you know, just to spice it up, we go draft style. Last week, Clark had the first overall pick. So Jesse's first up. Jesse, what's the first game you want to talk about this week? Oh, there's only one. Um, there, There is an imposter among us, ladies and gentlemen, chilling at four and two. And that is the Cleveland Browns, who got absolutely demolished by an actual good team the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they destroyed them. They beat them at every, every single, every, every step of the way. They just destroyed them and really took what made them so good in those first five games and, and just, just crushed it all right in front of them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm back on that Baker Mayfield sucks train. Um, he got benched during this game. That's just, it's just not good. Like he, he literally just threw a pl- pass to Minka and got a pick six just like that. It looked like Minka was on the Browns for a second because there was like no one around and then, you know, just tossed it off to Minka. But um, Browns aren't good. It, this just proved to me that the Steelers are even more legit after facing a couple crappy teams the last few weeks that the Steelers proved that they're here to stay. They're a contender to win the AFC North at this point. Um, but the Browns are crap. Yeah, the Browns are just fool's gold, basically. And, you know, the play calling with Stefanski, like, it's not terrible, but the defense is bad. It's as simple as that. And it's Baker Mayfield's kind of like in the weekly discussion now, kind of like Josh Allen, where it's like, is he good? Is he bad? But it's more so he's bad more often than he's good. And it's kind of turning it. At this point, he's a liability for this team. Well, and I don't it, think there's any other way you could put it. You know, looking at it last week too, you know, when they played the Colts, you know, it was similar in a sense that the Colts and the Browns really never asked Baker Mayfield or Rivers to do anything beforehand. And, you know, looking at Pittsburgh, uh, Cleveland now against Pittsburgh, you know, when they're called upon for Baker to step up and actually have to, you know, win the game with his arm, it's clear when it's against contending teams and teams you would run into in the playoffs in your division he can't step up and deliver sometimes. And that's a clear problem with the Browns right now. 
Well, and look at the fact that they basically started the game down zero to seven because, you know, Baker threw that pick six. And so right from the jump, if they're, you know, behind, they can't establish their run game as much as they want to already. Um, They ran 22 times against the Steelers for 75 yards, not even uh, three and a half yards a carry. Um, Kareem Hunt was 13 carries, 40 yards very not promising so there's obviously a very clear recipe to beat Cleveland and that's just get out ahead of them and don't let them run the ball which funny enough is the similar one for Baltimore is don't let them get their run game going and watch what happens so this win to me looks even better in retrospect when you look at how Cleveland is built similar to Baltimore. Joe, what do you got on this? Um, my, my, my first and foremost takeaway um, watching this game compared to every other game is that I think the Steelers are the only dominant defense. Like they're so far on another level right now that I think any other team in the national football league on defense um, and I don't think it's close. I think beginning of the season, we thought that the Bills were going to be there. I don't think they're in that conversation right now. Um, the Ravens have really stepped it up. But I think this defensive unit, I mean, Bud Dupree and Minka Fitzpatrick, like just, wow. Yeah, it's, it's mean, dirty. Wow on Sunday. But all, we have to remember that the defense also took a big hit this Sunday because Devin Bush is now yeah. out for the season. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of the defense, but granted, their defense is top tier. Yeah, Blitzburg it's, is back, basically. It's just simple like, as that. Wow. I mean, this is the best um, uh, a Pittsburgh secondary as well. And in a long really, time. even going back to last year, Minka is clearly the final piece they needed to really elevate that defense in the secondary, especially. No, yeah, I think I think absolutely. they're a strong safety away from having a top, like like a top two secondary. I but, think, but they do need a strong safety, I think, at some point. But at this point, they're the only team who, like, on defense has really been, like, dominant, dominant. Well, that's the thing. Like, weeks. like, looking at it now, like, the Colts defense, they were number one for a while. They're just a good run defense. Their pass defense is absolutely terrible. The Bears, you know, flip side thing, run defense terrible, semi-decent pass defense. The Ravens, you know, they're finally stepping up and getting their, you know, what together. So, like, this is the only complete defensive unit, you know, you think of like in recent years, like how you had, you know, the, the Broncos or the Legion of Boom, like this is the next great defensive unit yeah. because it's just leaps and bounds better than any other team in the NFL. Yeah, Justin, you said the word right there, the most complete. Like there are plenty of defenses that have great pieces here and there. Like you said, run defense, pass defense, but the Steelers just all around from top to bottom. It's just insane the way they drafted, the way they traded. It's just insane what they did with this defense. And it's, it's showing off. It's proving a point of how good this team really is. So props to them. And they're, uh, they're honestly, as, as of now, my pick to win the North. And as, yeah. I mean, for me right now, I don't know who else you could really argue for defensive player of the year over TJ Watt. I mean, leading what I think is the best defense in the league. They're 5-0. and oh, They're undefeated, you know. I'm, what else? What else can you really argue for defensive player of the year right now? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Abs- absolutely. I mean, Miles Garrett has looked fantastic, uh, but it's it's so far removed from like it's, 
CJ is absolutely outstanding. Um, I was thinking about this. I was on the treadmill and I was just, a, a thought burst into my head. I was like, cause I was just thinking about, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but the Buccaneers offense and the Browns offense remind me so much of each other with the way they're built and the way they play and how they have to be successful. Quarterback only throws 20 to 25 times. They have three running backs that they filter in and out. They have two stud wide receivers. They both have the tight end, but here's the difference. The leadership at the quarterback position. It cannot be understated that Baker Mayfield is not a leader of men on a football team. Obviously, we, we can get into what he can't do on the field, but off the field, you just get the sense that they're not, they don't want to play. He's not elevating anyone's game in the way that Tom Brady does. And that's the big difference. That's why you see Tampa Bay put up 38 points and these guys put up seven. It's literally the same pieces around him. Yeah. And, and the, it should be the opposite way around because Brady's 43 and exactly. Baker Mayfield's still in his yeah. 20s. Like, yeah. exactly. It, it's sad. It's very it's sad. sad but let's, let's move things on to another game. Joe, your pick is up. Where do you want to go? Oh, wow. I mean, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of good options, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited right now. Um, and I'm just going to use this opportunity to talk about this. I'm going to go Miami 24 jet zero. And only because, <laughs> oh my, only I like because, it. I like it. I like because it. of the news that broke today. And not the news we thought we were going to get of Adam not, Gase getting fired. It is no, 3.31 on Tuesday, Eastern Coast time. And Adam Gase and Greg Williams are still in charge of the New York football. They're Jets. staying all season. I'm telling you this right now. Yeah. They're staying all or season. at least till, I think till at least week 12. I don't know. I think it, it, we'll see what happens, but I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't see it. They can't, right? Like you can't care about the team. <laughs> the players Do like this. The, the players are going to check out like they've already checked out like, already they, i know out. there's a mutiny forming in in dallas dallas and <laughs> it has not gotten to this point yet and dallas has potential to win the division <laughs> exactly um no i want to talk about this game really yeah. just because uh to a is taking the reins here um this was the end potentially of the uh, Fitz tragic era in Miami. And it was a lot of fun. It oh, was a lot of fun. fun. It was Fitz it was. pleasure for a lot of the time there. I mean, um, we can talk about the Jets choking, Jets choking, Jets choking, but Miami showed me and has showed me some stuff, you know, some some nice work on, on, on defense. Um, and now we're going to get who I've been excited for, for years. And we're finally going to get to a time. I mean, he he got a couple passes in there. He got a drive, but I, I'm really excited to see what happens with him in this offense. It's also River, not Rivers. Oh God, no. I was looking at Rivers on Twitter. That's why Fitzpatrick uh, has put them in a really good situation to set up to it to succeed. Like he, they've put them, you know, they're second in the East and they could make a playoff race. So if Tua plays relatively well, he could get into the playoffs. So the pressure, you know, is kind of off his shoulders a little bit at this point. And also to have a professional quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick behind him to be, you know, a guy he can go to for advice, kind of be the extra quarterbacks coach. You know, it's kind of, it's the perfect scenario for Tua to succeed right now. Yeah. And the fact that like, Fitzpatrick wanted to it to start this week. It was his idea 
to have Tua start and was cheering him on when he got on the field and having that motivation and like that leadership behind Tua just helps. It's going to help him thrive even more. I'm well, very it's happy. It's ironic. He's saying, go, all right, go start this week when it's Aaron Donald and the Rams coming to town after their bye week. So that's, yeah. that's going to be fun, but you know, it's nice that it's get, he's getting them the extra week to prepare for it. He knows he's going to be the starter. So he has two weeks to yeah. prepare. And the Brian Flores has been one of the few, you know, Belichick disciples to actually coach a non-toxic culture from, you know, with their team. Like the Dolphins are a fun team to watch, surprisingly, after a year after completely tearing it down. Yeah, and I think that starts at coaching, honestly. I think Flores has been a fantastic coach. As you guys already said, the so far the only Belichick disciple that's worked. Um, oh, my God. Um, someone driving I, their car i guess so hit ohio u-haul i guess right. um nice but but no the, the dolphins are an interesting team they have a lot of interesting pieces and they despite trading away some of their best players on defense they have a very capable defense uh that being said the jets offense is probably the worst <laughs> that i think i have ever seen this, i'm okay. trying to remember like, like the 0 and 16 teams are in the same category. That's all the worst. I, I, think I the Jets can't very- remember. The Jets with Flacco, I think, are the worst. It is the most depressing football team to watch, other than the Lions when they had. No, Lenowski. I think that this is. But at least, but at least with depressing. the Lions, you knew another quarter. Like the quarterback yeah. was the problem. Stafford was there, and another uh, Stafford was there, and was the consensus number one. And they didn't have a quarterback. So they were looking forward to it. Like, all right, at least we'll move on. Same thing with the Browns. They knew they were going to get another quarterback. With the Jets, it's not even that. And I mean, I think they are going to get another quarterback. It wouldn't surprise me anyway. <laughs> but that's not their problem. If you it's put Darwin in this it's game, everything. If, if you put, I mean, if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Jets, I still don't think they make the playoffs. Like they're so <laughs> bad. That's a good Madden they're simulation. They're so bad. Later. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I it's think a simulation out of work. the most recent zero and sixteen teams, like talking about the Lions, you're talking about the Browns. This is the worst. This it's is just bad. they have this just. Might, I, they just they have should nothing, go zero and sixteen. But especially like with getting rid of Bell, they literally have nothing positive to watch. Like there's just nothing there anymore. You can no. watch Frank Gore rack up some yards. Like on his career total, <laughs> that's that's about what you got. The but Jets, there's not even young talent on there's this nothing. team. There is no, physically they nothing. They don't draft well. Do you know what would be another slap in the face if um, Trevor Lawrence decides to stay another year in college too, and just just oh, it, it's no the Peyton Manning situation does, all over again. Peyton was supposed to go to the Jets the year before, but decided to stay another year in college. He'll wind up getting drafted by the Colts the next year. That might happen as, again. Trevor as Lawrence. far as I'm concerned, the Jets need desperately yeah, to Lawrence, trade out. Lawrence actually they can. I thought he was a senior. He's only a junior. He's so a junior. He could, oh, he's, he's only could, a junior. Yeah, he, he could stay if he wanted to. Yeah. Yep. Which he is, definitely could. If that's the case, Donald's going to get sacrificed by the football but, gods another you year. Know, not to get too off topic, but I expect as of right now, Clemson's probably going to win the championship. So if they win the championship, I don't think he's going to stay. Yeah. Um, but no, like just God, the Jets are really bad. Yeah, they're, just, they're so badly coached. And then you look at the Dolphins, and it's like, 
the talent is sort of there for the Dolphins, but it's they all still coaching, have missing though. pieces. It's but all then it's coaching. like, wow, these guys play well, hard. Well, that's they also like, actually want to be playing. Like, we'll get into it later, but like the Falcons, you know, they they looked like a completely different team after Dan Quinn got fired compared to like when they played Matt Rule and the Panthers, who literally just outcoached them with being prepared and ready to play. Yeah. Like, um, my ugh. question about the Jets: Do they trade Marcus May at the deadline, or oh. do they just hold on to him? I think the only do they play, just hold think, on to him? If you can get a second round pick for Marcus May, I think you have to. Marcus May is not bad. The only the him. only three untouchables. No, Marcus May is good. He's that's really why they should good. trade. The only three untouchables that they should legitimately have if they're going to tank for Lawrence are Becton, Williams, and May. That's it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Those are the only. I, I still think you could you could trade May. I think okay if they don't go Lawrence, I trade May. Get probably a second to third round pick for him. Go one up on if he were to leave in free agency eventually. So he'd probably be a third round conditional pick. Try to get a second rounder for him and maybe like a fifth next year or something. And then trade out of one and just get a boatload of set like late first rounders, get second rounders. You need bodies on this team more than anything. It's a mess. Because they just don't have talent. They need as many picks as possible so that they can just throw just a bunch of darts at the board and, and hope lottery, that they hit lottery on tickets. Some. They need lottery tickets. It's as simple as that. And they need to hit on them. Yes. So that's enough and Jets need, talk. And the best place to build it is the second round. Yeah. And that's enough Jets talk for me because that was yes, way, way too, too early, too much. So my pick, I'm going with the other uh, coaching disaster that's going on right now, but they're still competitive for the East. And that's the Cardinals getting ab- absolutely destroying the Cowboys on Monday night football last night. And it is literally night and day of what the Cowboys offense looks like with Dak Prescott compared to Andy Dalton. It is just that it's game. Funny. Alone, I heard, I heard that Dalton was just as good as Dak. That that's this funny. game, who said that? This game who did alone, say that? Who said that? Who said that? I didn't who say said that? that? I thought Joe said that. I thought Joe said that. I thought Joe Kyle said that. No, I said I thought they could might be able to win games, but I did not. Say, oh, I was like, Jesse, where are you going with this? Yeah, I, was, I, was, I feel well. like Joe Powell might have might have hinted that Andy Dalton was. Maybe we'll look in the archives, like from last yeah, week. Yeah, you can roll back the tape on that. We'll, we'll roll back the tape. We'll roll back the tape. Back that tape. The issue with Pereira is one: the offense looks terrible. Zeke gave this game early to the Cardinals. Also. Kyler Murray is just an absolute problem at quarterback. Granted, he's not throwing as much, but he still threw for almost 300 yards. But just on the ground, he's just – when he starts running around, he is so hard to bring down. He is an absolute dual-threat quarterback. Like, he is one of the best. It's such a special thing to watch because it's – they run their offense so much different than the other teams, like their, their contemporaries. It's, it's like, crazy – um, I mean, they're doing like design runs for Kyler Murray all over the place. They like they throw scrambles in there for him. Um, and it's crazy that he just will sling it 80 yards to Charlie Kirk. And it's yeah. it's fine. You know, yeah, um, I, I've I've been picking them to be the second team in the, their division for since the beginning of the season. They're legit. But the it's hard to see, though. With the Cardinals against a horrible Dallas defense and the worst and a depleted offense two. without Dak being there, um, 
But got to give credit where credit's due, but good for them for getting the tub, the, I guess. The, that defense just looked absolutely terrible. They've given up, you know, 30-plus oh, points to the Falcons, 30-plus points to the Browns, another 30-plus game to the Cardinals. What? The, there's nothing they can do. Like, they can't well, stop like, anything. And let's let's look at it. Kyler only had to complete nine passes. Like, Kyler was nine of 24. Not at all great in the in the air by any means. Yeah. Um, but then this this just felt so good as a Kenyon Drake fantasy owner. God, he finally did it. He finally did something, and he actually won me in our league by about point yeah. five points. Our, just our, Kyle, just our buddy just Josh was not too happy about that because he was going was, against you. Was, was, I mean, that was abs- it was absolutely uh, ridiculous. Garbage time. Garbage time. A garbage carries. time touchdown. 20 carries, 164 yards, two touchdowns. Every time he touched the ball, an average of over eight yards. Do you see too that? Over eight yards. Do you see that Kyler is seven and zero since high school in Jerry World too? That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's well, and then you look. I also had 10 carries for 74 yards, like Joe was saying about how they design his runs and the thing is too and like hopkins didn't had a relatively quiet night and he was throwing it to kirk isabella and they were just absolutely burning the secondary down deep and i mean this is yeah. going to this is going to be going to be buried in it but um the cardinals defense has become better every single time i've watched them with I losing think, chandler yeah. jones too somehow I, I don't know. I'm happy. And it, like, I like how they're getting Isaiah Simmons involved in the folds as a rookie. I love him. Love him as an athlete. Uh, this, this is really, this is how the Cowboys have been playing all year, except Dak has just been bailing out bad performances by the defense mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Um, it's the same cast of characters, but it just seems like it's so disengaged. Amari Cooper it, it he was just a non-factor. You didn't even feel his presence on the field at all. Well, and um, that's because Zeke Elliott has become a like a checkdown target. Yeah, like it's not even it's well, nothing. And seeing the news, you know, this morning, one player said they just flat out don't know how to coach. So maybe that was <laughs> literally the visual representation of everyone checking out on this coaching staff already. And if you're six games in and team and your team is already giving up on you. That is a problem in Dallas then. I genuinely think that they should not have a division winner from the East and they should have two division winners from the West. Just automatically give them a while. Literally give, give the West, the NFC West top two seeds, I would give them both division wins and then just literally not have the NFC East. The, the fact that New York, here. Philadelphia, Washington, or Dallas could all host a playoff game oh, to a team. That's saw it last year. That's terrible. You saw it last year with the Eagles. And the Eagles won. No, 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 the Eagles didn't win. No, they them. didn't win. <laughs> but they still Josh, got the game. They Josh McCown out there. They play, like, <laughs> it was, Josh close, it was a so close much game. Carson wins that game. It's so, so funny. But um, the Cowboys are atrocious. We got a great meme out of the game, though. The guy crying and being comforted yeah. by his girlfriend. Yes, I assume. That's like that. True. That's great. Um, <laughs> that's what yeah. we got out of but it. This Dallas, Dallas is not a good team. And as far as I'm concerned, they have to be just kicking themselves at that Ezekiel Elliott contract. Because he has not looked good since that. this entire year. Like literally this entire year. He hasn't. And it's 
I get that the defense is, you know, so bad that they can't get him going. But when you think but about also, it, too. if you can take a $12 million man out of the game plan, maybe you shouldn't pay him $12 million. Well, and here's the thing too on defense, the real only significant loss this offseason was Byron Jones to Miami. And look at the difference compared yeah. to Miami's defense to now what happened in Dallas. So clearly he was a difference maker, but a difference maker for the Cardinals is Buda Baker. And he's turned from just a special teamer to a really good safety in the NFL in a span of like two, three years. Well, I mean, they're paying him for it. So thank goodness. Outstanding. I mean, with, with Zeke, when he has to carry the brunt of the load, um, it, it, go, it goes downhill really fast. It, it, same thing um, with the defense and the offensive line play every single year that it's been Dak and Zeke in Dallas. Zeke Elliott has gotten progressively like weaker and weaker, I think, as a runner. Um, I mean, in the full there, you, you pay a running back, this is what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, almost sure. always, almost always, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think so, we should we should stop talking about the I Cowboys. Agree. I the, agree. the Cowboys and the Jets. The Cowboys less so because should they're not. still in contention. But like, we need we, to just be like, yeah, the Jets are just let's just no more than two minutes allocated to the Jets yeah. each week at this point. So with that, Clark, yeah. your pick of the final final pick of the first round. What do you um, got? Yeah, let, 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 let's change the script a little bit until one of the better games of the week, maybe even the best. Um, not so many of those. And it wasn't, but we saw this AFC South matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans. And even though there were a lot of points given up on both sides of the ball, the, the Titans seem to be getting better after coronavirus too. There must be something in that uh, that those those healing processes that got these Titans. Yeah, maybe it's the two oh weeks God. off. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah the yeah, double bye week. Literally, but um, well. Okay, but um, no, it, it was King Henry, all hell King Henry. My God, he's a monster. Uh, he's the one who stood out to me the most during this game, rushing for over 200 yards again. It's just, they're, they're, oh, they're, they're, they're back. They're back. There, there were a lot of people, including myself, saying they wouldn't be back to the same form that they were last year. Nope, but they hell, look better. They're better than last year. And that they, I think the defense, is, the defense has really improved even more, I, I would mean, say. Not from this um, game, obviously, because it turned out to be a shootout. But... Threw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well that's, that's the thing. I mean, improved in the way that they, they are very much a bend but don't break defense where yeah. they just need one or two turnovers here and there a game. They'll, let, they'll get driven down the field on a lot. They're going to let a lot of yards up. A lot of it, but yeah. they still do have a tendency to get those turnovers or to get those critical sacks that push you out of field goal range and to to just little ways to take points off the board. That's the difference between a good defense uh, and a playmaking defense and, you know, a great defense like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is great top to bottom, but Tennessee is just good enough that they can win them a game here and there yeah um, yeah and, and also flip, go ahead. congrats to ryan Tannehill for you know going toe-to-toe with deshaun watson and be able to really sling it downfield yeah like, i was actually going to give credit more to deshaun watson at okay. this point just well, because he's fine without really any in targets a, or yeah, offensive line yeah they were in a slump they're they're one in five right now they're not sitting too pretty but he proved that hey last week we got the win this week we put up a good fight against a good football team and i can see these this texan team starting to make a nice little turnaround right here like when you throw no interceptions four touchdowns over 300 yards it's 
it, it, it's an uplifting feeling. Granted, you lost in overtime, and of course, he was pissed about the coin toss. We all saw that. But they put up such a good performance against such a good defense. For a team that's 1-5, that, that has to be a positive note for the Texans coming out of this game. I mean, it's such a virtue to be able to uh, play from behind and yeah. never be out of it. Um, there is only a handful of quarterbacks. And I, of course, as critical as I am of Deshaun Watson, he is always going to keep you in a football game. It, it really doesn't matter, you know, how far down you are. And uh, that's, he's about the only bright spot on the squad right now. And I'm really happy. Um, uh, JJ Watson looks good. Yeah. Too. I mean, always, there's, there's always. That. Always. When he's healthy, he's fantastic. Always. I, I mean, I he's really. Oh, could you imagine if they traded JJ Watt to Pittsburgh? That's the ring I think it, together. I think if <laughs> he ever if he ever leaves Houston, that's where he does. Houston, up. it'll yes. They gotta they I gotta agree. get that they gotta get that first round pick back. I think they, <laughs> somehow um, it would be adorable. A couple Watts coming after you. Um, Watts. That's terrifying to think about. I mean, Justin, I'm really happy you said it though. Uh, Ryan Tannehill deserves something. I mean. He, he's getting paid for it, as I said about Buda Baker. Uh, but I, I, Ryan Tannehill is legit. You get him out of Adam Gase's clutches, and you see great things happen. And the more he's with the Titans, the more the offense looks really, really good. I mean, they put up, what, like 600 yards? Yeah. And this whole season, the Titans have been a force on offense. And it's not just Derrick Henry, as it was in the playoffs. This is... And this is a team that, that could beat you a lot of different ways. That's the yeah. thing. And right Still. now it's like the three best team, the four best teams are, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Titans in the AFC. And everyone else is just significantly behind them. I'm interested though, when you we get into the fold of like those, those five, six, seven teams, because now in the conversation, there's a lot of, a lot of friend like you don't know where buffalo stands the patriots you never know and dare i say impressive win against the patriots we'll talk about it we'll talk stop, about it stop so with that jesse where do you want to go now next game um, uh you know what i'll i'll give them i'll give them some love the falcons finally had a lead and they didn't blow it. Well, it helped that, to twenty-three. It helped that Kirk Cousins gifted them three extra possessions in the first half. My God, those early um, picks were a killer. My God. Yeah, that was bad. Um, that was really bad. But uh, just Minnesota, top to bottom, just g- good for the Falcons. Good for them. They held a lead. Uh, what does this say about Minnesota that they were the only team that couldn't even really make a comeback against Atlanta? Every other team Sorry. at least makes a comeback. Minnesota couldn't even get some garbage time and touchdowns for the, the most part. The with Besides the Justin Jefferson, who is unquestionably, which is so funny because there was so much talk about Lamb. There was so much talk about Judy. There was talk about Rager. Justin Jefferson is far and away right now. The best rookie that's season. basically the only bright spot for the vikings right now is yeah they shipped out stefan Diggs, but they replaced his productivity really if not more almost it's definitely more, the same i would say more and a lot cheaper yeah oh, yeah <laughs> but the problem with the vikings you know same thing with the browns they have talent they have potential but when 
you know, the guy you have a fully guaranteed contract for, you don't want him to be the playmaker to try to win you a game. That's your problem. And it's going to be Kirk Cousins. And they signed up for it and they re-upped with it. So, you know, they have to sleep in the bed they made, basically, or whatever that saying is, because, you know, this is what they they got themselves into and they're going to have to deal with it. And Mike Zimmer is going to be a casualty of Kirk Cousins. No, they're absolutely yeah. screwed. They're they're stuck in in um, quarterback hell, basically. Yeah, Kirk Cousins purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, after they shipped off Stefan Diggs to football Siberia, right, Justin? LOL. Oh, back uh, to the radio days, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the Falcons. I mean, the season's not over for the Falcons. I mean, of course, they're in a tough division, but I, they. they they're alive. Um, I'm not going to call the Falcons dead yet, especially if the defense is going to put if something like that together. If they could somehow force themselves to be relocated to the NFC East, they'd be right in contention. They'd exactly. Be, they'd I be mean, in the let's, think about, let's think about the teams that would dominate and like, be in first place in the NFC East right now. I mean, we're already, most of the we league. already talked about the Dolphins, the Falcons, like teams that aren't even like if you have, serious If you teams. have three wins, you're in first place. That's insane. You're in yeah. first place. Yeah. Like some of these teams that could win the NFC Just East is laughable. It's laughable. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll count the Falcons out, honestly. I mean, uh, the Falcons just look motivated, though, considering Dan Quinn was gone, so they rejuvenated. Julio showed up. Matt Ryan looked good. I still think the wrecking ball is coming. I think they're all like that team's getting broken up more than what we're, you know, what it looks like now. I'm just looking for a side of life. I'm just at, happy we saw. At life. least this was a good takeaway. At least this was a good Sunday for Atlanta fans, you know, considering uh, the Braves blew 3 1 lead, but the Falcons won. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia. I mean, I think I'd rather have Georgia a World Series. Yeah. Than a week yeah, five, than a week six win. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Ugh. Georgia Tech, Georgia. Got absolutely destroyed by Clemson. Uh-huh. But with that, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll blow through the remaining games and then uh, we'll pick a random game to talk about. Like uh, we did this previous week, which was this game, which turned out to be relatively good. But this is. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember. I think I don't remember what I picked on this game. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but I, I'm surprised time. you even remembered this was the game that we picked. <laughs> yeah, because it was just offhanded. But whatever. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. And we're back for the second part of the Department of Podcast, where we're breaking down week six of the NFL season. We got through a whole slew of games in the first half, but we're here for the best of the rest. You two are waving to each other in silence. Okay, great. You're all having fun there. But Jesse picked the Vikings and the Falcons. The Vikings and the Falcons. So, Joe, you're up. And The Vikings and the Falcons? I I, I just combined them. What? They're irrelevant. Who cares? Let's just move things along. Joe, you're up. Let's, Let's blow through these last nine games. Let's let's blow through them, just like the Buccaneers blew through the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mean, this was the most anticipated game, at least in my household, uh, for this week. Um, and what a dud! Wow. I mean, Aaron Rodgers throws two picks early and then just decides that he's going to check out. And here I was, silly me, thinking that the 2019 Packers and the 2020 Packers were, there was some separation there. But no, the 2019 Packers, who had been faced with a better, tough opponent like the 49ers, just decided to just call it quits 
and lie down and take it. And I thought that this team was better. And I thought that Rogers was better. And then Rogers throws two picks, which he doesn't do. And then it's over. And then that's just it. And Tom Brady really didn't have to do much. We're going to uh, listen to Clark tell us how he's the greatest quarterback oh, and how phenomenal. this this was the Joe Montana-like Super Bowl performance phenomenal. for Tom Brady. He did not. He did what he had to do. Good for the, him. The, the Bucks proved they can beat a good team. It doesn't matter if they, they didn't get hyped up for the little teams, the little crappy teams. They proved they can beat a Super Bowl contending team on Sunday. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And Brady didn't have to do all the work because they were winning already. So he's had a hand. Rojo, Rojo too, baby. Rojo got over 100 yards, two touchdowns, baby. I know. It's impressive. My fantasy team. I like. Yeah, and we finally saw Gronk get a touchdown too. He's not just a blocker. He hit. He hit you with the. Oh, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna tear a ligament when he went down (laughs) with that spike, and he just, he just did it. It was awesome. And it's so crazy how last week, turmoil in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady won't shake hands. Tom Brady yells at his teammates, which still, what? I, that was bizarre. <laughs> but And now and now all of a sudden, it's kumbaya. Like, I'm pretty sure him and Bruce Arians yeah. are, like, like taking pics together, sending out Christmas cards. Like, it's, it's so nice. crazy. And how just all of a sudden that these the Packers, who looked like the best team in football, you really have to reevaluate. And they're... Uh, we don't do power rankings because Justin Velasquez vehemently opposed to them, but they are out of my top five in the power rankings. I am disgusted by this performance. Yeah, absolutely disgusted. And the problem with the Packers is too, like Rodgers turned off and went home, you know, in the first quarter basically, <laughs> and and the Bears keep winning. They're five and one. They can't just lay down and sleepwalk through the North because, believe it or not, the Bears are a good team. I guess. Uh, you know, well, and the Lions are competitive enough that you could make an that. argument they're I not like going to the win. They could, you know, easily lose a game to the Lions as well. The Lions gave them so much trouble last year. I mean, last yeah. year it took them like overtime twice. And I, I like the Lions. I, I, I've been very friendly to the Lions. The Lions are, are, are my people. Matt Lafleur is a disaster in big games. Absolute um, embarrassment. Um, it looks good um that next week they have the texans uh and they're going to be angry and i like rogers after a loss but this is a serious serious cause for concern this is, says more about the packers than it does about the bucket and i'm surprised we haven't we didn't see jordan love early in this game either just to get him playing time oh, you, th- you well, thought rogers, rogers would have been would him oh. yeah <laughs> yeah no you think you like rogers already threw two picks and then you see you see jordan love out that we're probably no, I don't even want to. There would have been a happen. divorce at halftime. <laughs> divorce. Um, Colin, Colin. But yeah, no. <laughs> they um. You would have pulled um. Yeah, the Packers. I, I this really. <laughs> this this really just the, watching this game. I turned it off, you know, like midway through because it was just obvious, and you guys said it, but like I just can't stress it up. Rogers threw those two picks yeah. and was done. Like there, we're not exaggerating here. Like he literally looks like he would rather be anywhere else than playing football after he threw those two interceptions. So funny. he was completely done. Did not care the rest of the game. He looked like Jay Cutler, like maybe worse. Yeah, and it was it was so uninspiring just how he turned it off. Just, yeah. 
didn't and care. Jesse, you said how you turned off the game too. The only other game during this time was the Jets Dolphins too. So it, it, it was a yes. brutal four o'clock hour. All over the, the four. If I'm a Jets fan, terrible. if I'm a Jets fan, I'm watching my team lose twenty four nothing, and then I'm and then I'm watching my old head coach pitch a shutout essentially <laughs> against one of the high, most high powered offenses in football, and I'm crying myself to sleep. This what the the Buccaneers have done a terrible job so far allowing sacks and giving up penalties. What did they not do on Sunday? They didn't do those two things. They didn't even consider it. It didn't even look like a thought in their head. Bruce Arians, um, a lot of credit to him. I mean, having, it goes, it, it doesn't seem like a lot. And of course I've never played the game, but if I was scheming up defensively against this team and I see that they have like a 17 headed monster running back, it would scare me. It changes everything. Being able to, you know, switch it up um, uh, in, in the run game, and it's just it allows Tom Brady to have an immense amount of time back there. And yeah, I mean, he's going to do what he has to do. I mean, he was put in a great position to win. Good for him. So I want to think of super underrated move by the Bucks. By the way, is that Todd Bowles is the defense? Yeah. Because this is going back to when, you know, the Cardinals were viable because Bruce Arians was there. Look who the defensive coordinator was. It was Bowles. They already have this, you know, chemistry together where Arians and Bowles have worked together before. And I think it's gone really under the radar that he got his defensive coordinator back and the defense looked good. I mean, don't get again. Rogers turned turned off after the two picks, but Tampa Bay picked him off twice. Yeah. So. Yep. I want I want to yeah, keep it with an, the, I want to keep it with another old quarterback who's usually picked off twice, and this game could have gotten real ugly real fast. Clark and I were thinking about turning it off. Mm. And, and I was. Ba- you weren't. No, I was going to sit through that. Yeah, you said you, you texted me. I like pain, so I'm gonna keep this on. Here's the, the shill fest going on. Hey, okay. Colts, Colts, have, okay. Colts have a week seven bye, so you won't have to hear it. We the, talked about first, 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 first. Before we talk about shill fest, Jesse's the one who picked the Steelers first. The hey, very he first had, game. Hey, he had the first overall pick. He can do whatever he exactly. wants. Exactly. So Here's the, the thing: one, one call fan, us the shill fest. One fan alone too. is a guy talking. Two <laughs> fans getting in on it together is a suck fest. We, we can't help Justin's rules, not mine. Justin's rules, not mine. All right, we can't help that all okay. right all right well getting into it Burrow let's start looked, a suck fest justin uh there's nothing to suck here because the colts defense looked really bad for this <laughs> joe, oh, Bur- joe burrow could have really run up the score but the Bengals are getting to falcons level of not being able to close out games and the surprisingly phil was able to throw his way back into this game and win i don't know how it happened but this is what happens now where he'll look really bad and then really good and it's just bipolar of what he wants to do at that point well, it depends yeah. on if they play a good team or a bad team. I think that's pretty yeah. obvious. That's the thing. They play and a bad. They play a bad defense. Phil looks good. They play a good defense. Phil looks real bad. Yeah, this was a win-win for me. This in podcast terms because Joe Burrow played really well in the first half of the game, and the Colts won. So it, it, it's a win-win for me here. But um, shout out to Rivers, man. He he had all the hate in the world last week against him. Um, so it was good to see him bounce back and get a nice little win. This was at least, if they were to lose, this would have been a game that you couldn't have blamed it on Phil because it was Jack Doyle fumbling and then the defense just getting torched by A.J. Green across the middle, who some say is being, you know, 
tampered with and destroyed as a wide receiver with Joe Burrow now as his quarterback, but that's here nor there. So yeah, the but Bengals also, offense looks a lot better, but the defense, you know, at first looked good, yeah. but it proves, you know, down the line, they need a lot of help in the defensive side of the ball. They, they have like two defensive players or like three defensive players that realistically should be like starting in the NFL. And that's William ja- uh, Jackson, Geno Atkins, and Jesse Bates. Everybody else is very expendable on that Bengals defense. So, yeah, I mean, Phil, Phil should have picked him apart. Good that he did. Um, uh, but like I said, the, the Burrow I, looked great too for most of the, for the majority of the first half, and then obviously rookie mistakes here and there, and the Bengals defense just fell apart, and they blew a twenty-one nothing lead. So. Not on Joe. Yeah. It's not on Burrow. You, no, you just, no, it's on the defense. On no, the not defense. at all. Well, and and just when you watch this game and then you watch the Titans play, the Colts are I no just, match for the South. No if match the at Colts, all. If the Colts are all are the only you know thing standing in the way of the Titans division title, uh, give them the division title. Yeah, because no, I'm with when you. When the Titans that. and Colts play. I think Derrick Henry will go over a hundred and like twenty well, yards. See, that's the thing. No, the Colts I'll run defense. Destroy. The Colts run defense is really good. It's Ryan Tannehill will throw defense. for like three hundred yards. That's again. that's what's gonna happen exactly. Yes. Tannehill's gonna have a great game. But the game. second you the second you stack the box, Tannehill's gonna drop over the top on you guys. He's gonna get a first touchdown, and then you're gonna not be able to stack the box. And then we're gonna see that when you guys can't stack the box. Your run defense is not that good. It's like, good. I'm sorry. It's good. It's not – it's really good when you can stack 7-8 in the box. It's really good. The, even, like, the first seven, couple weeks, the, the Colts were only rushing three or four at one time and getting pressure on the quarterback. The run defense is there. Yeah, the your pass rush is there. fine. Your run defense is not going to be that good the once is, you can't stack the box. The problem is Darius Leonard's not there, and that's the main force in – the second level of the defense when you have just Bobby Okariki and Anthony Walker Jr. You know, those aren't Willis and Bowman, you know, it's not a good linebacking core at that point. Um, That's Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Colts, this, the Colts got through the easy part um, and and they got through relatively okay. And I'm just looking ahead for them. Brutal. Lions, Ravens, Titans, Packers, Titans, yeah, so that's that's it's the rough. next five weeks. It's rough. Yikes! Uh, yikes! Now this is this is a sinking ship. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see their true colors when when it happens. We will. Yeah, yeah. and I, I said this last week. I said that Philip Rivers was going to have a good game. It, I didn't think it was going to be the very next week, but I said he was going to have another good game. But then it was going to be all praise, all kumbaya. Um, oh, and that's what it is going to the bye week four and two, baby. Let's move on. Yeah. I will. I will give Burrow this, and I. It's it's with great aplomb. So three losses this year. I'm looking at. I'm looking back at the schedule. Chargers, Browns, Colts. They lost by a total of 12 points in those three games. They're not getting blown out of the water outside and that, of the. And that's just because Burrow's been week. Burrow's been keeping them in. It's they're as simple as that. They're in, and it's they're scoring. Yeah. 27 points against the Colts. 30 points against the Browns. They're close. But 21 close. of those points were in the first half. You have to get it done in the second half, too. Yeah, and that's when you yeah. can close. And that's I mean, when Zach Taylor and the Bengals can't close out games. But closing out this round, Clark, what's your pick? Oh, yeah, I got to pick something. 
Yeah. Um, let's go. I talked about a COVID team in my first pick. I'm talking about a COVID team that did the exact opposite here, which is the Patriots and the Broncos. Um, the Broncos didn't score a single touchdown this game. The Broncos, oh. no, and they still wound up beating a horrible offense. It looked horrible, the offense this week in the New England Patriots. Um, it just wasn't there. Josh McDaniels is trying to pull every everything out of the book, literally, and nothing was just working. I, I don't know if you give more credit to the Broncos defense or just is it more of just an abysmal offense now all of a sudden it, nothing was clicking it was just horrible and it's the Patriots a... need to call up Cincy now and offer up something for John Ross because they mm. have absolutely no speed on that team yeah. nothing I think if you timed that whole offense Nobody would run below like a four the, five. The fastest player is probably Cam Newton. Cam Newton, yeah. Cam Newton's it, not even that fast. It's just that he's built like a defensive end. No, that's, what I'm saying. that's why he's so dangerous. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you're yeah. like eight. Cam Newton is probably still the fastest and player on the offense. Yeah, Cam, Cam Newton no. was the leading leading rusher in this game with 76 yards. Damian Harris had 19 yards. Rex Burke had 14, and James White had like six. Um, this is what the Patriots team was going to look like. You know, this was the problem if they ran out Hoyer or Stidham, and it's a shame that it's happening with Cam because he started off so well, and now they got slapped back to reality of what this team looks like, and it's well, far and away not good. Yeah, and also, you know, you could say they couldn't prep as well, obviously, because of the COVID thing. Cam also, is a little different coming off of the COVID week possibly as well. So we'll see how that goes. Um but no, it, he, there's nothing. Like the only reason this was a six point game is because of the heroics of Cam Newton. And yeah. they almost won towards the end when Cam made like a 60 yard run. Yeah. Also, the Broncos offense isn't that much better than the current Patriots offense. No, either. I was about to just say that on the flip side, Drew locked it horrible. No touchdowns through two picks. It's it, it, two it bad. bad picks that Very kept the bad. Patriots yeah. in the game. Yeah. Like that, not even these first quarter picks that, you know, darn. No, no, no. Fourth quarter kept the Patriots in the game picks. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was bad, but ugh, don't want to keep talking about that one. Jesse, you got your mic muted, but you're up now. What game you want? You're muted. There you Sorry, go. there's there's a lawnmower outside. <laughs> it's still not as flood the mic. Still not as bad as when I had the cricket that I think just died. That was I, so bad. I, I never killed that it. I think I think it just. Did you put the peanut butter on the wall? Yeah, I did. It's still smeared on the thing. So thanks for that one, Jesse. Well, I didn't tell you to not clean it. <laughs> I didn't tell you to leave the peanut butter there forever. What? Um, oh, no. Uh, g- give me. Um, you know what? You know what? Let's talk about it. Oh, it was the worst football game I think a lot of us have ever seen. Oh, no. Uh, the Washington football oh. team against the New York football giants. And um, I, I don't think Daniel Jones knows how to hold a football. Like, I, I, don't, I, I genuinely question how he holds. Does he have, like, the smallest hands in the league? Like I, I need to look up his hands. Do I need to look up like his hand dimensions? Like he fumbles if he is like breathed on. Like if, if, if there's never just a sack with Daniel Jones, it's a sack fumble almost every single time. Daniel Jones's hand size is nine 
and three quarters. How is that? That's not right? even that small. It's that, that not even that small. No. How, how is that on the internet? Hang on, uh, it, it's a that. it's a legitimate measurable for the NFL Combine. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, Kyler, I know Ky- Joe Burrow was under fire, and then uh, someone was like, "Hey, it's okay that your hands are small." I yeah. forgot. Some great <laughs> that was, that was a huge. Him. That was a huge knock on Bridgewater coming out because his yeah. was nine and uh, nine and a quarter. That's why he wears the two gloves. That's why the gloves? Yeah. yeah, yeah, to help with the grip. But yeah. maybe Washington, Daniel, Danny, two gloves. Oh, That's what Danny he needs. Two gloves. The problem with this team is. Oh, there's just so much wrong with this. The Giants, this game should not have been televised. No. <laughs> it was a yeah. blessing there were no fans there. They should have just wiped it from, like, the record books. Like, last year, this was the Chase Young Bowl, and this was just even worse. Yeah, I don't care about this That's... game. This was an inexcusable win um, Kyle, by the Giants. Well. Fantastic. Let's also uh, look at the fact that both of these teams, uh, can you guess what division they're in? There you go. The NFC East. Demotum to, Demotum. Demotum to the XFL. Division. The football division. NFC yeah. least, baby. It's so it's bad. bad. Um, Move on. There's not much more to talk. Joe, you're up. Pick another game, please. All right. This. All right. Um, so I'm going to go with Sunday Night Football. Um, I think it's just it's time to take really, really take stock of the things um, that we know to be true. Because there's a lot of things swirling around disinformation it's hard to get people on the same page but some things are just accurate um the sun will rise and fall every day the grass will be green the birds will be chirping jersey mics will make great sandwiches and of course (laughs) jared goff is not an elite quarterback in the nfl and i think that what we saw on sunday night football was indicative of that i mean the guy looked pretty scrubbish for most of the game very pedestrian um and i like it's it's one of those several games that you look at the rams and you think that if they had a better better quarterback play they win the game but it's a tough opponent um jimmy garoppolo three touchdowns no interceptions lovely love to see it I don't know. It just it was just it was just a good game. It was a good football game. You know, re- really made me feel good about myself watching it. I mean, these two teams are going to be battling for three and four of the yeah. West. It seems like at this rate. Really, you're a big Cardinals guy. Big Cardinals guy. They've been far and away more impressive offensively and defensively than either of these teams right now. These, yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see. I can see it. Okay. Um, I didn't really watch much of this game because I was more in tune to baseball. Mookie. So, yeah, yeah, I don't really have much on this game. Um, I was flipping I'm back and forth. Quite honest. Good, good for the Niners, I guess. Finally getting a little bit back on track after those injuries. Um, Jimmy looked better. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm still not sold on. Man, I was sold on the Rams, but I'm not sold on either of these teams right now. I really am not. It, they're both. They're, they're three and four, like Justin said. Like I still think they're three and four. Um, Cardinals are still better, and obviously the Seahawks are probably the best team in the league at the moment. Um, eh, yeah, I don't have much. Jesse, what do yeah. you got? Um, I think the box score shows this te- this score a little closer than it actually was. The mm-hmm. 49ers were in control of this game so much more uh, than one possession at eight points. Um, from the jump, uh, it felt like the Niners were going to win this. I also do think as decent of a game as Jimmy Garoppolo had, I think there were a couple plays that shows you that Kyle Shanahan doesn't fully trust him. There was a couple third and seven, third and eights 
that they literally just ran the ball and we're like, no, we're just going to punt it. That's fine. We, we don't, we don't need this. We're already up. We can control this game. We're not scared of Jared Goff. Um, but we'll see as the season goes on, how much they limit Jimmy Garoppolo and how much they want to limit him, how much they don't want him to have to win games because I think there's this idea that if you only ask him to win you a couple games a year, he can do that. But that's never a recipe you want to go into the playoffs with. The no. one thing you want to go into the playoffs with, as far as I'm concerned, is a quarterback that you are comfortable with giving the game to and saying, please win us this game. And I don't think neither of these quarterbacks are those quarterbacks. Well, Jimmy... We'll see possibly Goff. I think there is not a question, right? At least right now against a good defense, a top 12 defense in the NFL, Goff is not, he's going 0-12 like on that drive. He's not, he's not winning you that game. Absolutely not. Uh, Which, I mean, the, the, the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is I don't care how he looks doing it. I, the stats Yes, not great. Not even trustable. I just like a guy who can just win football games. And consistently, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo has done in his entire career. And last night, or sorry, Sunday night was um, exactly what he does. He just wins games. I, I, I don't know. It's like a substantial record. I'd love I like to see his career win-loss record because it's – well, it's something. Depends if you're what type of career you're doing. If you're just doing his starts, or if you're doing his whole career as the backup in New England. Behind, I him. mean, he's got he's got some rings, right? He, he has a ring from sitting yeah. on the bench. Yes, he does. So does so does Jacoby So does Jacoby Brissett. Exactly. So I'm gonna move things along now. Yeah, get these. My last pick get is these probably jones. one of the last few appealing games, and that was our first game on Monday Night Football, which was played in some pretty bad weather, and that's Kansas City Chiefs being the Buffalo Bills, 26 to 17. Uh, the Bills, they're, they're not the powerhouse on defense that we thought they were gonna be, but Stefan Diggs is still a really good receiver for Josh Allen. But Josh Allen can't outthrow Pat Mahomes, and they don't have the run game to play in bad weather. And the Chiefs do because Clyde Edwards Hilaire is really good at football, and they're getting Le'Veon Bell too. Yeah, the Bills, I think more than anybody, honestly, kind of needed Le'Veon because they're hit or miss on Singletary, and more often than not, it's miss. Um, Josh Allen's not a real MVP candidate. I'm glad everybody nope. can put that to bed yep, that's um, done. because yep. I never, never fully got on that bandwagon. Anyway, um, their defense isn't as good. I also think their defense isn't as talented as people realize. Um, we're so used. I feel like, you know, even over the past 10 years, we're so used to the bills having this talented defense, even when they were going, you know, six and 10 and stuff, their defense was always respectable. They don't have that many great players on this defense. Um, I think a lot of people expected more from Ed Oliver in his second year. That hasn't been coming. They don't really have that much of a pass rush. The secondary is the only good part. And if you're not getting pass rush, the secondary can only cover for so long. Um, This was an ugly game. As far as I'm concerned, the Bills are not a contender. In the, in the AFC East, I still think the Patriots are the better team. If 
And the Patriots have always played terribly in Denver since forever. Um, so let we can look at that and that loss and how that is. But I I don't I don't trust the Bills. I don't think this Bills team is much different than the Bills team last year that lost and blew that lead to Deshaun Watson. Fraudulent. Um, the only word to describe uh, what what Josh Allen has done um, and the Bills have done the last two weeks. It's it's been kind of an epic collapse um, as far as their legitimacy. McDermott's still unproven as a coach. Liked him, still do. Uh, not anything special in a big must-win game like this because I think this was really important for them coming off a loss and they absolutely blew it. They have not really played a complete game of football all year and they are uh, four and two, but they still have not really been clicking. This was one of the more impressive performances I have seen from the Chiefs in the Patrick Mahomes era because any like it's one thing to be able to just consistently rely on Patrick Mahomes to sling it down fields and bail you out on, you know, any real time, no matter how your defense or your run game is going, but to play a game like this and I mean, hold the bills offense, which has been good to 17 points. And then to get like, how they had finished like 200 over 200 yards as a team. It was a rushing it was absolutely outstanding and it was a dimension of a game that we have not seen before from Kansas city or an Andy Reid team ever. And if they're going to do this and be able to do this, good luck AFC. I think the chiefs quietly have the third best defense in the AFC right now. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people have been critical of the defense over the years, but besides Baltimore and Pittsburgh and possibly maybe Tennessee, but I don't think so. Um, I don't put a, a, an AFC team's defense ahead of theirs. Now, there might be defenses that are better coached, but there's not talent, not talent. That's the Chiefs right up there, I mean, with uh, Pittsburgh as far as just some of the talent that they can throw at you. Um, I mean, perhaps, you know, there's some teams that are, you know, like the Ravens are very well coached, and I like what Fangio always is able to do. But, I mean, this is impressive um that the fact that last year i mean 365 days ago we were talking about a chiefs team who was gonna have to win 50 to 45 consistently um to ever do anything and then and now now they shut down Allen jackson i mean whoever not just not Derek carr which is very interesting but i mean you know yeah and with that we got three games left clark what's your final pick of this show um, Jimmy, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel here, right now. Ravens Eagles. Um, yeah. like this is another game where the box score kind of lies about. And it's another game where we're talking about the Ravens late in the podcast too. Yeah, because they're not impressive this year at well, all. It's also they, the matchups. Much... It's also the matchups too. Haven't been that fa- like yeah, great how, to talk again, about. Again, how does the number one seed? How does the number one seed from last year have the easiest schedule in the entire NFL? And still only winning by two points against the team in the NFC East. They're, they're not the same team. I've said this week and week again, the Ravens are not the same team. Yes, they still have MVP Lamar Jackson, but Lamar is not playing the same as he had in his MVP season. Yes, they, they have they added Calais Campbell and they added a bunch of guys on defense and they still have a pretty good defense, but they still gave up 28 points to Carson Wentz and the Eagles with what's-his-face Fulgham. 
Fulgham. Fulgham. Fulgham. Number one. Learn you know, the name. Learn the know, name. He's Car- going to be a dog. Carson Wentz has like a different flavor of the week with wide receiver. It he seems does. like he changes who he likes to throw to for about two weeks and then changes it. No, 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 no. It's not Wentz. It's the offensive coordinator and head coach and Doug Peterson. Yeah. It, it, Peterson. He quite like he quite literally finds guys that are capable of being wide receivers in the NFL and then he benches them. Like, I'm not joking. He he finds them. He's like, oh, this guy's a good player. No, 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 practice squad. They did it with Greg Ward for years. Like, there were players playing over well, Greg Ward for, for absolutely no reason. Well, like, even going back to, like, we didn't talk about the Colts game, but Marcus Johnson was a practice squad Eagles receiver, and he put up 100 yards against the Bengals. Like, the that's, a, that's another capable receiver that they just didn't use. They just don't use. I don't, I don't understand Philly. I don't get them it because, like – even though Peterson is a is a Super Bowl winning coach, he's like not that good of a coach. It's kind yeah, of crazy. His, his time is running low, I and think, he, in he Philadelphia. Hasn't even been there long. So is our time. Know, it's, low on this podcast. Yeah, we got about ten minutes left, but the Ravens, um, you know, n- another easy matchup. Eagles, they're in the East, so they're still in contention after a abysmal this. season so far. Joe, what do you got on this game? We talk about we talk about defenses. Um, of Baltimore and Pittsburgh, it is something does have to be said with the fact that the Eagles have put up points against both of those teams in back-to-back weeks. They have not been completely shut down. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and and bow down and, and call it you know this tremendous thing, but I it there is got to be some credit for them to be able to put up you know a, a solid amount of points against Pittsburgh and Baltimore back to back. It's something. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's cool. Yeah, and with that, Jesse, what's your last pick? Yeah, um, we'll go. We'll go Bears Panthers. Joe's um, got a, a Joe's got a great a, game then. Not a pretty game uh, by any means. The Bears are still just consistently doing enough to just get the win. Um, I think Matt Rule and the Panthers. I mean, they're set up qu- pretty good. I think Matt Rule's a good coach. Um, he's been getting better every week. I think, and. Yeah. Um, the, the Panthers are impressive enough, um, but the Bears still just, just do that extra extra little bit, and they scrape by with the win. Yeah, Bears defense. Bears defense too. Foles has been what the Colts, the Browns, the Vikings all want their quarterbacks to be. Good enough to just get them to a win and not turn the ball over, and that's really all he's been doing. He's taking yeah. care of the football, and he's winning football games because of it. Yeah, it, it, he he's a tad better than Trubisky, but they're very very similar uh, people. Their offense, is, their offense is such a disaster. It is. I mean, good. I mean, the defense looks really good. Chuck um, Pagano in the defense two years ago. Yeah, no, I, I, them. I like it. They're going to make the playoffs. It really seems like it's all but guaranteed now. Like they win, like they like they win. They win uh, like four, the Rams. More, Yeah, they win like yeah. four more games, and they're they're good. Oh, That's it. Up. Like they yeah. have expanded thing. They win next week against the Rams, and that like. You know, they, they always show the stats. It's like pretty much like 90% of the teams, 95% of the teams, like at this point. So, yeah, I mean, you can. They're basically. And, in. and with the Packers, you know, going to sleep last game and, you know, seeing Rogers true colors right now, you know, they're the favorite <laughs> for the North, it seems like, which yeah, is insane Car- to think about. Carolina's not going to win until they, they protect Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's not a guy who's going to be able to um, win a game when the pocket collapses. So when they get that fixed up, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have a lovely conversation, but until then they're not worthy. And let's it. have a lovely conversation of the final game. Joe, please do the honors of introducing it. All right. I mean, the lions, um, 
Lions won. I mean, they're it's yeah. fine. They're they're third place. They could still make some noise. I like it. I mean, DeAndre Swift had a great game. Jaguars yeah. are bad. <laughs> Minshew looks really bad. That's it. Minshew Minshew is going to this game solidified that he won't be there next year. I think to any capacity, and he will be on the Ryan Fitzpatrick carousel of just journeyman quarterback. It's as simple as that. He's not the answer in Jacksonville, and we could very well see Justin Fields there next year, but Minshew's gone, and he just they just look bad. They have nothing. They are similar to the Jets where they just have nothing to work with. Yep. Yeah, Jacksonville's really lucky they um, got that win against Indy because yep. they would also be in that contention of – the Trevor oh, and 16. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like you guys said, there's not much there. There really isn't. They have like one to two good defensive players. Uh, they have a good receiving core. I think um, honestly, they have the second best receiver in the receiving class in LaVisca Chenault, who looks yeah. fantastic. Um, but they have some pieces here and there. The line's not that good. Uh, nope. The quarterback situation is a mess. And the defense oh. is really bad. So, yeah, yeah I mean, they're, they're the Jets, but a little bit better. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And, you know, if anything says about the Jaguars, they're going to, like the history of them, they're going to be in this, t- you know, hell for a while now. Because... Yeah, now that they, they were good for that one year. And uh, usually it. they get one good year about every five or six years. And then it just falls apart. And but, it all goes down. Well, with that, those are all our games. Joe, do you have a game, a random game real quick before we wrap up? Oh, I, I had no idea. Steelers Titans. Steelers Titans. No, no, no. Steelers Titans. Giants Steelers yeah. Titans, two undefeated teams. All right, let's, let's do the Steelers Titans because that's actually an appealing game and no one cares about the NFC East. I care. I thought we did Thursday Night Football. We did oh, we did a random – well, we, did a la- we didn't do one because there was no Thursday Night Because there was no Thursday Night. Whatever, whatever. No one's going to listen to this you're just, podcast You're anyway. just getting rid of Joe's team. All right, time to pick All right. Steelers team. Titans, Steelers Titans. Um, I'm going to go Titans. with – where is it? Oh. Does anyone know? Let me see. Give me the Titans. Uh, it is especially if it's in Tennessee. Give me the Titans. It's in Tennessee. Titans. Titans. Give me Pittsburgh. Well, of course. Joe, just wait till we win. In Tennessee. <laughs> He's busting out the nerd stats. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. He's just like, the game. I'm trying to yeah. 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 Tennessee no, has Pittsburgh. never gotten over Pittsburgh. when uh, <laughs> Troy Polamalu jumped the line. <laughs> never. <laughs> the never right down the middle. Yeah. Let's do Thursday night too. Because all right, Thursday night's Giants Eagles. Oh, Eagles. 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 Um, now, Sterling Shepard's coming back. Go, G, man. All right. So <laughs> All right. Three Eagles, one Giants, and then split on the other Titans, one. that game. Yep. And, cool. Clark, we're done. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the Department Visualize Podcast. the whole game. It just happened. It happened. <laughs> <in front of laughs> Steelers he, he did, like, the That's So Raven thing where he just zoomed to his eye. He saw the future. And he was like, oh, Steelers. Uh, but thanks for listening, guys. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, follow us on our social medias at Department Underscore Pod on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Um, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. Just subscribe, leave a like, leave a comment. Um, it helps us out a lot. Let us know your favorite part of the show. Uh, we have wrestling recap coming up and a World Series episode probably coming up soon. But not otherwise, not much sports uh, going on right now. So we're taking taking it easy a little bit. About three episodes a week now, plus. Oh, Hell in a Cell is Sunday, too. Yeah. 
So we have that. Um, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, so actually, it won't be a full wrestling recap. It'll be a Hell in a Cell prediction video, then a Hell in a Cell recap. So probably And probably a World Series video on Friday, I guess. Sure. Yeah, that starts, okay. That we'll see what's on. going on. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll touch base. Yeah, we'll touch base. We'll talk we'll about t- a good uh, baseball reference. Nice. <laughs> touch base. <laughs> um, but that's it. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening again, and we'll see you in the next episode.